Real people. Real opinions. Real talk radio. The multi-award-winning Niall Boylan Show. Classic Hits. Do you think... Uh, we are opening up the country too fast because retail outlets have uh, to limit the number of customers who enter their premises at the same time to ensure social distancing is maintained. But there have been so many reports, and I have witnessed this personally myself, of crowded shops as more outlets open. Now, you know, you can turn around and say, well, I'm only letting, say if it's a big shop, I'm only letting 70 people in. But you can't control where those 70 people are in the shop. So if you've got a bargain going on, you know, in the, uh, I don't know, the summer dress aisle or the men's suits aisle, and everybody is kind of heading in that direction and kind of rummaging through them, I mean, you can't really control that situation. But you can only limit the amount of people that go into the shop. Uh, concerns have also been raised about the lack of people wearing face masks or coverings. Now, I'm not going to get into that debate tonight because there's two sides to that argument, really, to be honest with you. And I witnessed it over the weekend. I witnessed a man at a petrol station with a face mask on, also wearing gloves as well. And he was wearing the face mask in his car while he was driving. And the face mask was absolutely filthy dirty. I would rather stand beside somebody infected than stand beside him because he, uh, to be honest with you, I'd say there was more viruses hanging out of that face mask than there was probably in the whole country. But anyway, in saying that, so there's a whole argument around people not using face masks properly, even if they are going to use them. As almost every shop is open now, many people are taking advantage of the shopping centres and they're quite busy. Last week saw pennies open and hundreds entered with what appeared to be very little social distancing. And we got a message from a listener and I want to get your thoughts. And it says, hi, Niall, can you talk about how the country seems to have forgotten we're in the middle of a pandemic? While I am happy to see some progress of lockdown, I think people are behaving like this COVID-19 is gone. I went to a shopping centre myself for the first time over the weekend and I left very quickly, quite frankly. I was shocked at the crowds of people, the lack of social distancing and the ignorance of many people out for the day shopping. I fear we are opening up the country too soon and we're going to get a rude awakening when a second wave comes crashing down on us. Uh, We are not out of the woods yet and people are going about their daily life like there was never a virus in the first place. I wonder, am I the only person who has this fear? I think we are rushing into reopening the country and we need to slow it down. Does anyone else uh, share my fears? Now, there are two sides to this story right down the middle. And I speak to people every single day and people are either in fear, living in the pandemic or people are, ah, sure, look, just get to, let's get on with it and get back to work. So there, there are two, apps. there's an absolute divide in the way people feel about this. And then you've got the extremes who are people are really angry about the fact that they you know, can't get back to their, their life again. And then you've got the people who are really in fear, completely over the top and irrationally in fear. So you've got, you know, you've got the extremes as well. So I want to know if you believe we're opening up too quickly. Now, remember, of course, the roadmaps have been brought forward or the, the, the phase plan. Parts of phase four have been brought into phase three and parts of the final phase will happen before the end of July now, whereas they would have had, we, wait, we, we didn't wait until the end of August. So let me know what you think. Do you believe that we're rushing into it too quickly? Or do you believe, look, you know, that we have a balance here. If we don't get the economy up and running, more people will actually die from undiagnosed illness, cancers, uh, despair, poverty, uh, homelessness in the future if they don't have enough money. So our businesses being doomed, etc., etc., and unemployment. So we have to get a balance somewhere in the middle that we accept that people will catch this virus at some point. Many, although an Italian uh, scientist this morning has come out to say that he believes the virus will die itself naturally in the next six weeks. But there you go. Mind you, it could come back again. It could be seasonal. We don't know. It's very little we still know about it. But let me know what you think. Are we opening too quickly? And the number is 087-188-008. Joan, you're on Classic Kids. How are you doing, Joan? Hi, Niall. How are things? Good. You're a healthcare worker. I am indeed, yeah. Okay. And do you believe that we're, you know, because we've brought these phases forward, you know, for a lot of people, that's good news. We're getting back to some level of normality. And you see people on the streets, people in shops together. Are we opening too quickly or, or is it the right thing to do? Honestly, no. We, it, it couldn't open quick enough for me in my profession. Now, before anyone jumps down the throat, I think our country should be opened and we should be back to normality. The only thing I would disagree on is travelling abroad. I think our country should open for all to live in it at the moment and let us, let us go back to some normality before we start flying in and out of the country. Are you talking about yes, the old normal or the new normal, as they're calling it? 
well, I call it, we'd have to call it the new normal because it's the old normal. Every, everyone was taking the cheap flights out. It's the summer we'd have been on. No, no, but no leave, it, leave aside oh, yeah. the foreign travel. W- would you like to see yeah. people going back to busy pubs, busy restaurants, no social distance, you know, people hugging each other when they meet them? Yeah, would you, I would. You want to go back to that? Okay. okay. I will. I'll tell you why. It's the, at, at the moment, the, the virus has been suppressed. somewhat controlled, right? Yes. It has been suppressed, right? So you'd, if you want to be that person that crammed yourself in a pub and get pissed, excuse my language, and hug and do whatever, well, then you're just being careless and you didn't learn a thing through the pandemic, okay? Yeah. Now, as they say, <laughs> that's stupid and you, you just you can't educate stupidity. Do you know no, you, you can't. You can't educate yeah, the ignorance, no. You can't, right? Yeah. So that's just been pulled down to ignorance. But let's be real about it. On what I'm seeing day to day, a simple thing as a chiropolis, we can't get. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. A simple thing as an infection, cellulitis going into a bit of broken skin. You cannot get anyone to treat it. So not only do we have elderly, mental health people, the whole lot, stressed, depressed, but there's no services. So forget about COVID. I know it is the big thing. But you take all that away, you have palliative, cancer, MS, you have people that are just simply old age or have underlying issues. They cannot. But you know, if we have, we have a client that has um, HIV or VHI, so, right? Yeah, yeah. And they cannot be seen. They get an injection once every six months for their um, spine. They cannot get that injection because the anesthetist that does this when, when we took them to this particular hospital, they went for the appointment. The appointment was already made. And they were told by them, there's no way on this earth can he give the injection because the government has signed up for a policy when the, the whole private care was taken away that they cannot operate privately. In other words, your original private appointment for your injection can no longer exist. Because the government took over all the private hospitals. Exactly. Well, now, that, that, well, end, that ended last side, month, of course, yeah. Yeah. So on the flip side, let's say you say, okay, so I'll cancel my private insurance. You now go on a waiting list of 18 months minimum. So mm. you now have whether, and we'll even take the elderly mental health elders, you have regular people who actually are working that need this injection for chronic back pain, they can't even receive it. Well, personally, I believe that everybody who's paying private health insurance should get three months refund because basically exactly. it, was, it was of no yeah. value to them over the last three months. Yeah, I but... Got my ch- uh- yeah. I got my check of 30 euros in the door for my car insurance. Oh, I They're got that. Did you, yeah, did you get that as well? Yeah, I got that. What did you yeah. get? A, did you get a one-for-all one voucher? Uh, no, I actually got a 30 euro check because... I changed my insurance. I'm with the same company for years, and they put it up. I have a clean license, full license. Yeah, I got I got a one for all voucher from one two three dot ie there the day for my car insurance, thirty euro. <laughs> I'll spend it all in the one shop. Uh, okay, yeah. but get, so getting back to that, so you don't believe we could open things quick enough? And I think from yeah. your point of view, it's it's to get services up and running more so than yeah. anything else. Yes, exactly. Yeah, because there's. The, the, the whole thing of the COVID will be gone out the window and then you'll see the numbers of deaths. The fallout, yes, of course. The fall. secondary deaths for that, yeah. yeah no, no, I, I couldn't agree with you more. And I think, I think yeah. we should have never, um, I suppose, ignored the fact that we have people with non-related COVID illnesses in this country and we exactly. always have them. And they need to, we need, we need to continue to focus on that too as well. Yeah. As, but I mean, I, I, I understand it's difficult to focus on everything. But stay there for a second, Joan. Uh, James, you're on Classic Kids. How are you doing, James? Uh, Good evening. Uh, well, Joan is concerned, obviously, and she believes it couldn't open quick enough because we need to get back to, you know, looking after people who are sick, non-COVID related yes. and providing services for people which aren't available, a lot of them at the moment. Well, see, there's so many different views coming at us now. And I listen to different people from time to time, like the Luke O'Neill's. And then one night there we had this guy, Dr. Tomas Ryan, I think he is. Yes, yes I had him on the show. Mm-hmm. Yeah. He's a very hard line now. And he, he, he <laughs> said to Ivan Yates, like, well, Ivan Yates was getting a bit cross with him now, and he was saying, like, when are we going to get back? He said, there'll be no normal, Ivan. I know, Matthew, well, I was going to say Matthew McConaughey. Uh, McConkey, Sam McConkey said the same thing. He said it only <laughs> on the news today. He said, he's kind of, 
almost like the Grim Reaper. (laughs) And I don't mean that in a bad way. He's a very learned man. He's an expert in infectious diseases. But in saying that, you know, I I know he's looking at this in the real terms, you know what I mean, from from the professional point of view. But he's not looking at it, I don't believe, from a human point of view. Yes, yes. Yes, I mean, I'm at a certain age now. It's easier for me now. Depends what age group you're in. It's easier for me to do what I want to do, like self-isolate. Because I know I'm not out really in the the world much anymore, not working now, so I can stay at home or I can go out. I have a choice now. Mm-hmm. But for younger people who have a life to lead now, people who are in Helena's age group and Ashling and your own age group and your own children's age group who have a life to lead and things to get on with, their education and all that, and school and college, uh, we have to. I mean, we can't. We can't say shut down until we have a vaccine. Now it's ridiculous. I mean, that would be out of the question. Well, it would be. Yeah, we'd have no economy. And uh, so there has to be kind of a middle ground somewhere now where, mm. you know, where, yes, you have to be cautious. I probably would go along with the idea of the masks now in the public transport, mm-hmm. in the shops. Mm-hmm. Why not? Provided people are using them properly. Yes, in the shops, maybe, and if you're getting into the supermarkets and that, or a small supermarket where I might go myself. I see and we have some women in particular using these masks as a fashion statement at the moment, by the way. <laughs> Matching masks and blouse, you know what I mean? Yes, but uh, I wouldn't <laughs> see anything wrong with that now. But I often you open, you don't need it now. If you're driving your car, if you're walking out for a no, walk. I've, I've seen people driving their cars, wearing masks. Yeah, it's hilarious. And I'm going, what? I, that's completely over the top. There is, they could probably take a man. Take it's a man probably dangerous. <laughs> you know what I mean? I'd say it's probably, I, I'm sure any healthcare advisor would tell us that's a dangerous thing to be doing to be driving your car, particularly if you're on your own. Yeah. If you're a taxi driver, maybe, I understand. But even then, I, I imagine it could be pretty difficult wearing a mask for any extended period of time because I listened to one expert in the UK during the week and he said these masks were designed for surgeons or doctors to, you know, examine somebody, you know, for a 20 or 30 minute period at a bedside then take them off and dispose of them. They yeah. were never designed to be worn all day by people because it can deprive you of oxygen. Um, you can, yeah. you are breathing your own carbon dioxide in constantly all the time. So they were never designed to be worn for long periods of time. Yes. I can, see, I can see the benefits, but I can also see the, you know, the, the yes. negatives as well. But you know. to see, the elderly in Ireland themselves would have to make their own decisions yeah, on how much risk they're prepared to take. Yeah. Like, for example, I have to make up my own mind how far I will go, where I will go, and where I won't go. And uh, then you have people who are younger and who have, like, cystic fibrosis or may have an underlying condition. They'll also have to be careful now, whereas if you're... 25 or 30 and you're full, full health well it is more freedom for you now you but, I, but I think those people with serious underlying conditions and you mentioned CF there a second ago they've always had to be very oh, conscious yeah, yeah. I suppose yeah. even getting flus or colds or anything like that which could unfortunately uh, be the end of their life if, if they got some serious virus so they've always had to be cautious this obviously a little bit more dangerous but, they, but they've always had to be reasonably cautious yes that's true now and uh, but as I said uh, there's 3 million people in the country who are under 45 and probably the majority of them obviously are healthy now. So mm. they should be out in the economy and going to the restaurants. I, I, won't, I have a choice. I, if I want to go to restaurants, I can go, but I probably won't, not for the moment anyway now. Yeah. And uh, pubs. But I'm pretty, pretty sure next Monday you're looking forward to, and I don't want to pigeonhole you, James, but you're looking forward to the church. <laughs> the church is open. Well, well, yes, that's okay. <laughs> Although the, the, the Archbishop of Dublin said that the numbers aren't enough for him. No, uh, he's not happy about that. He said more people <laughs> can go to pennies than go to a church. Yeah. <laughs> Well, unfortunately not. There's not that many, much more than 50 will be going these days, anyway. Yeah. <laughs> I, don't know. Well, I mean, Joan, you, are you wearing a mask? Are you back in work, Joan, or are you out of work? I uh, yeah, I have, I have never stopped working. It's like this. I have enough holidays made up that I could afford to go to Spain and And, and, and still have your two weeks off, yeah. yeah. <laughs> okay, so, but uh, do you wear a mask in work all the time? Would you wear a mask? Uh, yeah, because we're doing uh, touch, we're doing uh, bandages, no uh, changes. So we're we're uh, up close and personal all the time. I mean? And would you, by the yeah, way, before COVID nineteen, would you have always wore a mask when you were doing that? Anyway, no, no, we were only the only time we done use the mask was in personal care, uh, and if that person had a, a particular condition. And how do you, just for people who are not, because I I haven't worn a mask once yet, actually, to be honest with you, how do you, well, because I haven't had to use public transport or I haven't been in a place with a lot of people, but when 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 you're wearing a mask, how do you find it? Is it it comfortable? Is it uncomfortable? No, it's not. It's very uncomfortable because um, what it is, is say the first 10 minutes, 15 minutes, you're actually fine. Well, after that, because it's fine one thing if you have a mask on and you're walking around the shop. Well, imagine having a mask on. You have to, we have goggles, we have our gown, blah, blah, blah. But you're actually, like, some of your clients could be weighing over 200 pounds and you're, you're doing so. So you're, on top of that, you're sweating. 
So after 15 minutes, you're hyperventilating. Because you're trying to lift people and carry people yeah, and, and, and move so it people. Is, yeah. it, is, uh, it is hard. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, it yeah, is. I can imagine. I can imagine. Yeah, so we all need Botox from our, our, our shields on the top of our heads. And how often do you change your mask? Would you put a new one on every, after every patient, is it? or Every every single client is a, it's a new mask. A new mask. See, this is the problem. Yeah. When people are using the same bloody mask and toning in the washing yeah. machine every couple of days, that's not yeah. going to work out so at all. Okay, we yeah. Sorry, what we done then um, after that was we had to sign a, a disclosure like uh, when we say HSC had sent out information uh, and you have to do this stuff. So basically we just signed it. So if we went into a store, we would have to agree that we had sanitised going in, we wore a mask going in, disposed of the mask going out and we sanitised. That wasn't, um, that was just, it's, it's not going to protect you for a virus in a supermarket, but it just meant you took that extra step in case you came face to face with someone who had COVID. I get, I get you because you're a healthcare worker, obviously. Yeah. All right. Well, 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 stay there for a second and stay there, please, James. Um, uh, keep texting, keep WhatsApping. Then zero eight seven one double eight triple zero eight. Let's focus on what we are talking about, I suppose, which is, you know, we're seeing an accelerated roadmap now. We were all saying, well, kind of complain. Well, not maybe all of us, but some of us were complaining that the roadmap was taking too long to open the economy again. Now they've accelerated, and I'm hearing people saying, "Oh, maybe this is a little bit too quick." Uh, let me go to John. John, you're on Classic Kids. How you doing, John? Good evening from a miserable red cork. Yeah, it's miserable everywhere. It's not just cork, let me tell you. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. yeah. I, I, did, I did say today Galway was the test bed. If there's a god up there, I'm sure he looks at Galway and says, I think I'll test a bit of rain today and see how it goes down. I'm sure it's Galway. Yeah, yeah. So listen, John, in relation to how this country is opening, is it the right speed? Too slow? Too fast? What do you reckon? No, no I think it's just about right. I would agree with the other two callers that... Um, I think if we left to go for another month or two, I think we'd be in serious trouble already. As James will know, Patrick, see here on Cork, um, we have the yeah. Debenhams, obviously, who, you know, just the question Gone. is, uh, yeah. did they take advantage of it, you know, for what reasons we know. Uh, but there's other smaller boutiques now, like, I mean, nail bars and stuff like that, like, I mean, fashion, little fashion outlets, like, I mean, hair stuff for girls, and they're gone. And there's two boutiques gone, two, uh, two top boutiques. And, you know, there could be more, you know, and I, I think it went down for another yeah. two months, I think. The country yeah, I'm looking at a good few shops, you know, in centres that are not open, and I'm thinking, are they not ready to open yet, or are they actually gone? Well, that's the problem, you see, nobody knows. I mean, yeah, I, yeah. the staff might even haven't been informed here yet, so, I mean, we don't know. I mean, they, may not be, they may not be, like, in a position, for example, to offer staff that type of work, or they may not be in a position to social distance, or maybe they're just not ready yet, or I don't I, know. I think, as, as has been previously said over that lady, like, I, I think, look, we have to be careful, right? Obviously, I mean, not to be going to huge crowds, but, I mean, look, life has to get back to some form of... I hate this bloody thing, this, this new normal, I despise that term, right? Mm. Uh, the, first, the other one, of course, which really pisses me off, is the foreseeable future. I mean, could somebody <laughs> please tell me what that actually is? Well, means? I was told the other day by, was it, I can't remember who it was and I had on the other day, it was a professor of some description, and he's like, who, who was the guy talking there on Friday, Helena? Um, not, not Jared Killian, no. Um, Staines? Anthony Staines, Professor Anthony Staines, yeah, who, of course, has written the open letters, or part of the, the cohort who written the open letters to the government in regards to how we solve this problem. And he said that he believed that the new normal, per se, uh, would be wearing for three years. Minimum, minimum three years. Yeah, so, you know, and I, I can't envisage, I don't know about you guys, but I can't yeah. envisage a life of three years where we're all social distanced and where there's limits to yeah. the amount of people go to a shop, restaurant, bar, and we can't go on holidays. I, I, don't, I just can't see that working for three years. The economy will collapse. See, the trouble is that, that, that will get yep, into people's right head. Yeah, if that gets into people's head, this mindset, then there's this constant kind of gloom hanging around all the same. No, I want to address one thing there, and that lady, uh, lady, uh, somebody brought up on two cars about the churches, the right, and there's only 50 people allowed. No, to me, the churches should never have been closed, especially during this pandemic. Obviously, why, John? They're, they're no. a public place like any other public place. Well, you see, look, I mean, if you can queue for going to the chemist, if you can queue for the local ship shop, if you can queue for the local, all the major brands in the supermarket. No, no, right? no, no, no. But during the, the tough time, the lockdown, uh, you know, the local, um, with the exception of the supermarket, which were very limited in the minute they, they let in, they have increased their number slightly. But the pharmacies and the chip shop, the chip shop wasn't allowed to let people in. They had to do deliveries. The pharmacy had people outside the door queuing because obviously yeah. we need our medications. You know, you can pray to God at home. Now, I'm not saying, by the way, now, obviously we're opening, you know, places of worship now. But, you know, at the time when the lockdown was in, I understood it because you could pray to God yeah. at home. You didn't have to well, go to a well, church look, to pray to God. 
I think, I mean, the way they had the system on the church, you know, just up the road for me, is that they had using one door in and one door out, right, and they were controlling Yeah, but you, can't, yeah, but you couldn't close every public building and say it's all right to go to a church, so that would have been stupid. Well, well if he's yeah. even, even Cromwell didn't, didn't I mean, yeah. he might have bought the church. Did Cromwell have the COVID? Did. I don't think he did. Yeah, well, was, but, well, the COVID doesn't much better, obviously. But the thing is that, um, look, we had the mass rocks. People would sneak into fields and valleys, and they, they could still get... They could pray with the priest and whatever, right? Yeah, it was a different situation. There was no, there was no scientific reason at that stage why you couldn't pray. It was just the British didn't want us praying, so there was no scientific reason why you couldn't do it. But, no, but now there was, a, there was a scientific. Yeah. Yeah. Sorry, Joan. Well, hang on, sorry, Joan. What are you trying to say there? I know I'm down in Kerry, and all our local uh, diocese streamed the mass online. Yeah, well, RTE we were running a mass every morning, weren't they? From, from yeah, places, they yeah. were they were streamed in because a lot of their clients would have been very religious and they would yeah. have gone to the chapel every day. And uh, their local, uh, what was his father, Pat, he streamed online every Sunday and then the other priests would take different turns during the week and the channels were all set up for all of the clients. Yeah, James, James, you, James, I mean, did you do the online mass thing? Uh, there's mass uh, on uh, every morning on RT News now. now. Yeah, yeah. I, I, as I come into work, I see it on the TV screens. Yeah, yeah. not that, that yeah. Not, I'm not suggesting we're all very holy here in Classic Kids or anything. But I didn't oh, see well, I it was uh, it was on the television because RT would be on all the time <laughs> on one of the screens. There's four screens out there outside the studio and the Sky News and CNN and RTE and but I used to see the mass every morning when I come in. It was usually on around half past ten or so. I think that lady there now in County Kerry now is Joan. Is that lady's name is it? Joan. Yes. Yeah. yeah. Uh, I think she had been there had been free for quite a long time of it now. It's only recently they've got cases back again. We had two, yeah, we just had two new, new cases confirmed um, the other day, but they're supposed to be um, non-Irish right. and non and without right. anybody jumping right. on on the bandwagon. It's not non-nationalist. It would have been travel. All right, okay, okay. Supposedly, supposedly. Okay, and to be honest with you, in cases don't concern me too much when I say it doesn't concern. What concerns me is people who end up in hospital or die is what should concern us. I mean, you know, we wouldn't, I mean, I know Donald Trump was torn apart for what he said over the weekend. He said, you know, we should reduce the testing because, of course, we have more cases because we're testing more people. But he kind of made sense. He just didn't say it properly. But I I understood the point. I mean, it... Realistically, it doesn't matter if loads of people get COVID-19 and are asymptomatic, uh, hopefully, yeah. or have very mild symptoms, because that's what we do as human beings. We do get sick every now and again, and we do feel unwell every now and again. Rather, we didn't. But what concern, should concern us is people who are you know, going to hospital, or people or who are ending up in hospital, or people who are dying. And yeah, they're the numbers that are very important. Now, just to yeah. get back to the, the number of the 50 going into the trucks. Now, Dermot Martin is not happy about it. The no, he's not happy. He's not happy, right? But I think, look, uh, with the great respect to, the, to those two people, right? They'd want to grow up here, right? Because there's a bunch of idiots running the goddamn country that they don't give a care about God and a man, right? <laughs> yeah. no, this, this whole thing is that 50 is, like, as David Martin said, and the structure said on half would be the same. You could get 1,500 people. No, you're not going to get 1,500 people in, right? But you could definitely, 50, I mean, how dare that the government, right? The bunch of bastard atheists that run the place, right? But the, the well, they're not all atheists, in fairness. They care to us, like, I mean, like, I mean, as I said, even second Cromwell didn't get away with that. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so, but yeah, I imagine, I mean, churches are generally big places. So, I mean, I, a 50, yeah. well, I mean, I don't know. You'd have, see, you'd have to obviously look at your individual church and measure the seating. And then, you know, two metres, they reduce it to one metre, well and good, but, and then measure how many people you can get in. Well, that's how you work it out, isn't it? But you see, the Emmett Martin, like, and the point is, right, they should just say to the government, look, we're not accepting this, like, they rolled over on the children's hospital, no, they're rolling over on this, they want to grow up here, like. Yeah, I know. Well, I know a lot of restaurants and bars are kind of more or less saying to the government, we're not accepting this 105 minutes. We're going to leave people sitting for longer if they want to. So, well, it depends on the pressure you put on now, because, as you know, they've backed down now on the two-metre thing with the restaurants. Yeah. You can now have the one metre in the restaurants if you can't provide two metres. Yeah. So uh, it all depends. As John is right there. People would have to, if you, whatever uh, cause you have, or whether you're a businessman or whether you're a churchman, you should speak up now and, and yeah. put the pressure on. If you, if you well, well, you have to fight for your own industry. Yes, yes, like, that's to. what I'm saying. It's up to Dermot Martin. I mean, the, obviously, you know, whoever the chairperson is, the restaurants association or the retail association or hoteliers, or they all speak for themselves. Transport, everything. so it's up to Dermot Martin if he has a problem to speak up and say a bit more about it, give out about it a bit more, isn't it? Well, he has spoken up now, and John is right there. Uh, normally, he's a fairly 
you know, easygoing kind of man, but he is fairly strong on this now. He's, he's not happy about this. And well, uh, I mean, they must be losing a few quid. But there's a financial aspect to the church oh, yeah, as well. I mean, but don't get me wrong, mind you. you know, I'm sure the Vatican. I'm sure the Vatican has loads of money. But in saying that, obviously, you know, the churches work on a federal basis, whereby they look after each individual parish with their money, the money that they get. Yeah. So I mean, that, you know, and the parish priests and pay them because they obviously have to. Live and it would be a good outing for elderly because mostly the elderly go there now. And yeah. Be nice oh, by the way. I wonder if priests on the COVID payment. <laughs> I, I mean, I'm, I'm genuinely serious because they were out of work. I would, I mean, do you fill out a form and put an occupation priest? You know what I mean? Um, occupation messenger of God. I mean, well, part time and centre. We're getting in part time and centre now. Yeah. Why shouldn't they? Yeah. Sorry, John. You know a priest, do you? As I, as I said, they should be trying to do something. But again, just to cover the, the whole base of the, the church, right? And uh, as I said, they'd want to step up to the plate, right? I mean, it was the same with the funerals, right? I mean, Christ Almighty, I mean, the, the, the churchyards, I've been in every one of my funerals around Corky, and it's the same up in Yannick of the Woods, right? I mean, you can space out inside there, but the tent signs up in the bloody cemetery saying, 12 people only, like, people should have just shagging and ignored that, like. Mm. You're only going to get one chance to bury someone. Oh, yeah, and, and, you know, I believe that mistakes were made in relation to not just, I talked about the elderly in the past, and not allowing people being at bedsides when people died, uh, not allowing people to go to funerals. You know, I, I do believe mistakes were made. Disgraceful, that was. Disgraceful. That cutting to the bone. All right, well, well, do me a favour. Stay there for a second. Let me just go to um, Joe. You're on Classic Kids. How you doing, Joe? Oh, hang on, Joe. I switch on there. Hang on. Sorry, Joe. Go ahead. How are you doing, Nigel? I'm good. What do you want to say, Joe? Um, I agree there with what uh, John is saying. You know, I think that um, there's a lot of fear factors being uh, posted out about the COVID-19, you know? Yeah. And the thing about it is, in relation to COVID-19, it is a serious illness, but I think that you have a lot of mixed messages coming from different groups, and I think p- different groups can only follow what they can follow, you know? That kind of thing, like. Yeah, I know. And and how are you? Where are you in this kind of line? Are you somebody who's kind of scared of reopening or cautious about um, it? Or are you somebody who's, ah, sure, let's just get it going? Sure. Yeah, well, I, I suffer from uh, I suffer from asthma, like, you know, I, it's a mild form of asthma. Well, so does Helena. And, you know, she, and in fairness to her, she's been in work here for the last, you know, four months. And, yeah. And she goes about her business. And she's I'm sure she's doing a little bit of shopping at the moment in her supermarkets and stuff like that as well. So, I, you know, and she obviously dealt with that all her life. You know, I mean, I, I don't I don't believe um, from what I remember at the start. Now, I don't know if that's all changed. I don't believe asthma was a really high risk on this, was it? Oh, it is now. OK, because I remember at the start they were saying it was and that it was diabetes. And then they, they kept changing all the time because I know Helena was keeping an eye on it. But but uh, Joe, I, are you worried? Um, I would be worried about the future. Yeah, because you see, I don't think we have I don't think we have seen anything. We, we have seen the real effects of it yet, because uh, I think that at the start, but they had to bring the lockdown in at the start because things did get out of control a bit and we didn't really know what the virus was like, you know? Yeah, we didn't know what we were doing or how to handle it, yeah. Exactly, yeah, of course, yeah. yeah. So I suppose they had to bring it in at the start, but in the long term, I don't think it has really done anything really that great because, as you know yourself, a lot of people have kind of, you know, they've done what they have to do, but in the line of keeping the country locked up for weeks and months around the end, it would be a total disaster. So I think they're better off to just go, providing it's done slowly and that is done with a bit of cop on, you know? Okay, and when you say a bit of cop on, I see in my taxi there that you suggested wearing face masks. Now, should we, we should be wearing face masks all the time or just on public transport or, or public places? Or where should we be wearing these face masks? I think just mostly really in the, where there's crowded, in the crowded spaces like the but. Public transport, definitely you'd have to wear it anyway. Yeah. Because, you see, a lot of buses were, if they take so many people on it at different times, it is probably safer because, for instance, if there's elderly people on buses and they, you would have more respect to wear it for, for them rather than anything else because they're the people you definitely don't want to see getting it because, as you know, it's, as you say yourself, yeah. it affects mostly older people more than anyone else. It is but, an ageist virus. There's no doubt about that, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No? And, uh, yeah, sorry, sorry, James. Want to say oh, something? I, I, I don't that. interrupt that man. But uh, schools are going to be a problem now, now because of what I'm seeing of the teachers and the representatives, they don't seem to want to go back at all now. Um, there doesn't seem to be an issue, and when you consider that young people, particularly children, uh, particularly primary school, are of no risk to anybody, 
and and yet there seems to be a huge issue getting them back to school and, and come to some arrangement. Uh, now that's up to Joe McHugh, and I believe maybe we need to change a minister for education because oh, he's I, very poor now. Oh, he's this, yeah, yeah. No, no, yeah. The under the no, day, no power at all. Sorry, go ahead, Jaja. There was somebody representing the, um, the teachers union there, and they, they passed a remark. They said that um, again, the teachers are very well paid and it's a good job, right? They passed a remark that um, they're worried about going in even to the matter how many is in the class now. Like if there's too many that um, they might bring something home maybe to their grandmother or their grandfather. Mm-hmm. But what about the guy driving the bus? Has he no grandfather? Yeah, what, about, what, about the, what about the girl or guy that's been working yeah, in Tesco's or Dunn's for the last four months? All these places, now the major supermarkets for the last couple of months. Well, and ed- education is probably the most important things. And, yeah. you know, to deny our children an education, they certainly won't be thanking us for that in the future, let me tell you. No, 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 no. Yeah. You know, I, I I do believe we need to start copping on, you know, and, and look, don't get me wrong, if things get worse again, <clears throat> which I hope they don't, and we suddenly see an increase in people dying or something like that, absolutely, we'll have to revisit those decisions that we make. But for the moment, based on what we're seeing at the moment, we're seeing over the last five weeks, uh, if we even go before the phase, uh, people had become complacent, and I had seen people out and about and together and all that kind of thing. And it, looking around us today, for example, or certainly over the last three weeks, um, it looks like like life as normal to some degree. So people are interacting. They are meeting each other. They are shaking each other's hands. I've seen it. Um, they are close to each other. And yet we haven't seen a huge increase in infections. In fact, anything at all, it's still decreasing constantly all the time, which is great news. Um, so I, to me, it seems like, you know, that we certainly are on top of it. It doesn't seem to be out there in the community. And whatever about, we talk about the foreign travel again, we might talk about that later on the show. But I mean... Otherwise, I don't see no reason why we just can't get back to some level of normality again. Maybe yeah. I'm wrong. Maybe I co- and I hope I am not wrong. It's only natural now. It's human behaviour. I'm surprised that even they've lasted this long. Uh, people are just not used to living like this now, and they just you know there's only mm. so much they will put up, and they will just say, "What the hell? But I'm going back to being being normal." Well, Joe, can I ask you, do you think if there was a second wave, Joe, and I'm sure you've heard all about second waves and things like that? <laughs> yeah, I did. Yeah, um, do you think do you think people would accept you know? It wouldn't be Leo Varadkar, it would be probably Michal Martin, although you wouldn't know at the moment with the Greens the way things are going. Okay, so whoever it is, Eamon Ryan, do you think if the Taoiseach, whoever the new Taoiseach is going to be, stands out there in October on the second wave and says, listen, we're going to have to lock down the country again for another eight weeks, do you think people would put up with that? No. 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 I don't think so. No. no. Well, I think that people have been very contrite now in the last while, and I think that if we were to go into another lockdown, say, at that period of time, I think that we would be more deaths, non-COVID-19 deaths than anything else they would. I think what helped the lockdown was the good weather. And we yeah. were very fortunate that the gods were looking down on us, so to speak. Exactly. Um, that we, we had really good weather for eight weeks. Yeah. You know? but the, t- the thing about it is if, 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 we would, if, if another phase of that came again, I don't think people, I don't think we'll be as lucky the next time because I think there would be more... Could you imagine? Could you imagine a lockdown in October through to Christmas? Right, no, it would be an absolute disaster. In bad weather, cold, dark nights, people Long stuck gone. in their houses, not even able to get, do a bit of painting of the backyard, yeah. um, or cut the grass, or just get themselves exercised, and you know, and going through Christmas, which is a time for meeting people and socialising, yeah. without meeting anybody or so. Can you imagine that happen? That's that wouldn't work. It just wouldn't. No, it would never work. No, no it would never work. There'd be, there'd be, a, re- there'd be a rebellion. Yeah. <laughs> No? Yes, yes, sorry, James. Uh, we're, we're lucky in one sense that we have a small country now. And if we do have outbreaks, which you may have now, it'll be easy enough to isolate them now. You know, uh, this country is very small. And if we do have small clusters, they have such information now with tracing and everything. They will be able to isolate those cases, I think. Well, I hope, but I certainly hope so. Mark, you're on Classic Hits. How Mark? Well, how are we keeping? Good, Mark. Are we doing the right thing? Are we going too fast? Are we going too slow? Or are we just right on target? What do you reckon? Noel, we're actually going too slow. Right, okay. I believe that this country should have been opened up a couple of weeks ago. And I think our doctor do, doctor do nothing that's in charge of us. He loves to see himself on the TV. Mm-hmm. So I'm going away in September. Where are you going? Barbados. Nope, I'm going to Barbados. <laughs> Underneath the Caribbean Sea. Yeah, and but have you looked, by the way, at Barbados, were they, were they hit bad with COVID-19? I couldn't no, tell No, they, they weren't hit that bad. They, okay. They're one of the, the good um, countries that was sorted out from day one. Right, okay. Okay, so so, so, what, so what, what happens if you can't get to Barbados? Well, at the moment, there's nothing telling me that I can't get there. 
But how do you how do you get to Barbados? It's to America, isn't it? No, we fly to London and we fly from London on out to... Oh, to Barbados. Barbados. Oh, okay, okay. Because if we're flying to America, well, there might be an issue. Yeah, okay, well, that's fine. No, yeah. no, we, we fly, we fly through, through Heathrow or Gatwick, Gatwick in, in through... And then we fly on to Bridgetown. Right, okay. And and there's no... And how long are you going for? Three weeks, two weeks? Oh, no, just the three weeks. Just the three weeks, James, huh? Look at that. There's your old Irishman, huh? Don't boast about it. Just the three weeks. So, Mark, are you okay then to go for a two-week quarantine period when you come back? Well, if they want me to go for quarantine, I don't mind going for Have you got a job? Yeah, well, I work for myself. Right, okay, but so that's five weeks you're going to have to take off work, essentially. Unless well, you work from home. Well, we're talking about September here now, so that quarantine thing might be gone by then. Okay, I'm looking here. Barbados, 97 cases after, Jesus, like seven deaths in the space yeah. of four months. So, realistic. Yeah. And 87, 85 people have recovered. Yeah, so there you go. So, it's not exactly one of the big pandemic places in the world, is it? No, I'm, I'm actually I'm trying to do the maths here. 97 cases, sadly seven deaths and recovered 85. There's a few missing there. Where are they? Uh, <laughs> <sure>. <laughs> They're probably still active cases. Okay. Anyway, yeah, anyway, so that's nothing. Let, yeah, so there's no risk there. To, yeah. Let's get back to the thing. We actually need to get the country and the world reopened. But, it, but isn't there a danger that if we just become flahulux, so to speak, that all of a sudden, you know, you're opening the world back up to infection again? Well, then when do you open reopen the world then? Well, yeah, I know. There's an argument there that you, you, there's a trade-off, and the trade-off like, is how, we have to how, live with how, how long can the, the economy actually stay they can't. They're, well, they're, the airlines have lost, more. the aviation industry has now lost, I think it's at $97 billion. So, Qantas has, are going under, loads so of airlines when, are going when, under. When do we are not going under, is, sorry. Qantas have announced there'll be no international flights till October, sorry. Yeah. So when do we say enough is enough? <sighs> I don't know. We see, you're trying to balance the economy we, with but, the health but, of the but citizens. All, but in, in life, there's always a balance. Oh, there is. Yeah, I agree with you. Yeah, a trade-off. Yeah. So we always have to have a balance in life. And somewhere along the way, life will always find a way. Yeah, no, I, I agree. Because when we talk about aviation, for example, still the safest way to travel, mind you. Although statistically, what? I don't know anymore. But the thing about it is, when a plane falls out of the sky, 400 people die. Um, but we've we've always known that risk, but we still do it. So in other words, the trade-off is that we take the risk because we get enjoyment out of going on holidays. Well, That's it's like this. Well, it's like this. If we don't do it, well, then for, therefore, the aviation industry collapses. There's no more planes in the sky, so none of us ever go on a holiday ever again. I'm sure the climate, I'm sure the climate change people will be delighted. Ah, oh, sure, the Green Party would be delighted, wouldn't Yeah, it? yeah, yeah, no planes in the sky. Ah, oh, sure, no planes in the sky. They but must be loving this. Yeah, absolutely yeah. loving it. Ah, let's... let's Cards off. I'd say I'd say they're you know into week four, three or four. I'd say. Ah, you know, oh, they're into another recession. Yeah, you know they they're, what's the sure, extinction? Extinction rebellion. Today was yeah. let's borrow money. Let's borrow our way out of this one. Oh, yeah. Actually, they're, they're the great. They're the great party. Oh, anyway, I wasn't. I wasn't yeah, sorry. about that. Anyway. Yeah. Well, uh, hang on a second. Sorry, James. You wanted to say something to, to Mark? Is going digressive, but now, do you think the Greens will uh, vote for it or against it? I think they're going to vote against it. I think so too, now. Yeah, yeah. I think there's going to be another election. Which, um, but by the way, mind you, the president, because they obviously they have to go to the president to dissolve the government, all right? So the president would have to turn around and say, I don't think he's, and most likely would say, get back out there and work on it. I don't think he's worked hard enough. So the president might, might not sign, out, sign it. He basically, he might not uh, dissolve the government to have another election. Yes, but see, if I, if I was a Green, I'm not now, as you're going to mention, if I was a Green, I'd be voting against it now, because yeah. all their gains... They're facing into the next four years. There's going to be no, you know, there's nothing to be gained. In it's the next like blackmail for the Green. I mean, here's a here's a party with very few votes, no mandate for government whatsoever, and they're the ones now who are making all the decisions. Yes. Well, Niall, yeah, Niall, sorry. Yeah, Niall, Niall, where does it end? Wait, like, wait, to, where does the pandemic end? No, no, don't mind the pandemic. That will that will end in its own time because life always evolves and yeah, okay, to find a way. But where does this? Lockdown end. It has to end somewhere because we cannot keep. No, I agree, going I agree the with you. It's going to be in so much shit that we'll never be able to get out of. No, I I completely and absolutely agree with you. Um, but you know, you, there are experts all over the world. Unfortunately, we just listen to one set of experts who have one set of ideas. Experts, and you were the only man that was on the radio with experts that was given. The, op- the opposite argument. The yeah. opposite argument. Yeah. Okay. Well, so we, we, we do want to give you a balanced view of it. Yeah. So, therefore, the, the experts that we were listening to was RTE 1 and RTE Worse. And they were given... <laughs> RTE 1 and RTE Worse. <laughs> I've never heard that before. <laughs> uh, well, they, well they, were, they were the experts that we had to listen to because 
well, not that we had to listen to, but that was the air. They were the ones providing to us. How would I say this without offending our older generation? They, that was their media. Yes, the older generation would be listening to RTE. Yeah. Yes, of so course. I'll tell you a little story. I walked by a woman the other day down off uh, Georgia Street. And I walked past her. And not minding her one little bit. And she gave out sting to me that I didn't wait for her to, for the lights to turn green so she could cross the road. Nice. <laughs> so, so the the hysteria of the people that... There are, that there are some area, yeah, there are some people. Yeah. crazy. I mean, don't get me wrong. If you are vulnerable or you are very elderly, I can, I can understand why there's a, a great fear. But generally speaking, the general population, you know, under the age of sort of 70 and in reasonably good health, there is little or there should be little or no fear at the moment. Like, um, what, what, like we've, we've, we've seemingly we've suppressed this. It's not, well, allegedly it's not in the community anymore. Yeah. Allegedly. Yeah. But we, we've, we've done, we've done our bit. So how much more do we have to do? Well, they're talking about this for the next... Un- well, they keep using the words until a vaccine becomes... Supposed to, uh, Isn't it, well, as that, might ne- that might never happen. Yeah. There's no. There's never been a vaccine for most viruses in the world. No. How long did it take us the, the flu vaccine? Ten years. But sure, how long is HIV around? HIV still has... We still, still have no there. vaccine. Now, we have treatments for us, thankfully, but there's yeah, still no vaccine. But, but yeah. sometimes a treatment is as good as a vaccine. Yeah, but sure, look, we don't even have a vaccine for the flu. We have a flu vaccine, but it doesn't always work. But the thing is, I, I'm getting at is, it's not about the vaccine and it's not about the cure. It's about the hysteria that's going on at the moment in the media, mm-hmm. in the certain media, that's given all these people that, you know, there is no cure. We have to have a cure or you're going to die. And that's basically, that's what's coming across these days. So you think they're kind of socially conditioning fear into people? They are, they are. They are terrifying the old people. I think that's what they're doing. All right, well, let me let, stay there. Let me go to Dermot as well. Dermot, you're on Classic Hits. How are you doing, Dermot? No, good evening. You poor taxi driver. Yeah, poor taxi driver, right. Fucking devastated. Devast- devastated. Is, is there, now, we, there's a level of normality back out there, Dermot, again, some level no. of normality. Is, is business anyway better? No? Business is absolutely zero. zero. Okay, but you've no nighttime trade, obviously. No, nothing. After sort of Six o'clock in the evening when sort of things calm down. Dies. People are gone home. is absolutely decimated. And to be honest with you, just listen to all you guys talking there. I, the social conditioning of the human being, of uh, the human psyche, it's already done. The damage is done. That is, I think you're right, actually. You're talking, yeah, you're talking about opening up. Opening up is just a word. It's opening buildings. It's opening shops. It's opening this. People without a vaccine, is a huge sway of, of the population, young and old, are terrified. I got it, and I'm not saying I would be terrified, but my me as, as an individual would have no interest in going back to the pub and sitting fucking five feet from my buddies and watching the clock for an hour and a half. To be told that after three or four pints you have to leave for somebody else, you have to ring to book to go to the pub. All this pay all a deposit, I believe, as well. By the way, fucking absolute bullshit. Just leave them fucking buy a nine euro meal if you're not hungry. <laughs> oh yeah, oh yeah, absolutely. I mean, You'd be lucky to get a nine euro meal at that. <laughs> yeah. You know, and like, Tato a la surprise. Yeah, this huge question. You just you, all you have to do is look at it. again. We, we all use America as the as the as the, um, as the mark. Look what's going on in the states. They're absolutely spiking with more cases now all over all over a lot of the states because America decided fuck it, we're opening up. Are open, everything is open. But yeah, but yeah, but you have to look. And I know what Donald Trump said the other day. He, the way he worded it was a bit daft, right? But the point he was making was when you're testing that many people, of course you're going to see a spike in infections because you're test. I guarantee you, if we decided tomorrow to test, you know, I don't know what percentage of the population, say ten percent of the population tomorrow, I guarantee you we would see a huge increase in infections. Possibly. Of course you will, because there are people out there at the moment who haven't been tested, who are not being tested, who have no reason to be tested, but they may have come into contact with somebody who came from abroad and have the infection. They don't even know. They might not know. They might just think they have a bit of a cold. So there are people in this country, apart from the six cases that were on RT News, that's another thing we need to talk about, and it comes out in a second about RT News and, and, and you know Tony Holham being on telly every night. I mean, yeah. there are people all over the country infected. But thankfully, they're not ending up in hospital. But thankfully, they're not dying. Uh, sadly, two people lost their lives. 90 people die in Ireland every single day. We need to talk about Tony Holan and the idea of the government being on telly every night telling us how many people are dying. 
Um, I, I, I don't think they do the, the kind of 6-1 news thing anymore, but they still do have the press conference. No, they do. They have it on, virtually on a daily basis. Yeah, so yeah it's, 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 it's online, yeah, I, sitting, I know. If I was sitting uh, 10 feet from Tony Holohan talking to him, and he was coming out, spelled me out all this, I would turn around and I'd say, well, and I'd put it straight to Tony, what you um, is going to your bank account every week? Well, I don't know about that aspect of it, but, but I mean, look, he gets paid for doing a job. But the point is, the RT will still do a, a kind of roundup of it during the news where yeah. they'll just take a quick highlight of maybe somebody, Tony or whoever it is, saying how many people, in many cases, many people died. Then they'll do Northern Ireland as well. They'll always Sorry, mention can Northern, I, can I, can Northern I, Ireland, by the way, have had no cases, no deaths now for two days. But in saying, I think it's two days now, but in saying that the point is that we got it. We, we don't go on the telly and announce every night how many people have died sadly of cancer, how many people have died of pneumonia. Um, they do every single day. People die of all these things every single day. Ninety people die every and single the, day. And the biggest and the biggest killer of all, suicide. Ab- absolutely, five hundred people on average per year. They could say probably eight, nine hundred, a thousand people, maybe a year die of suicide. Well, no, I think the figures about five hundred. I think it's about five hundred. Well, can I just push? But well, yeah, but the point is, yes, we need to get to a point where we need to stop. You're right, socially conditioning people in fear. Sorry, yeah, go go ahead, yeah, go ahead Mark. Sorry, no, no, I, was, I was just going to push in there. Sorry, sorry for interrupting that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I was just thinking, who is running the country? Is it Leo or is it Tony Hulhan? Because the, the only well, thing... Nefit, ne- is, Nefit are making the decisions. Well, Tony Hulhan seems Tony to be... Tony is just man. a spokesperson. He's a chief yeah, medical no, officer, essentially. Yeah, no, yeah. Leo, Varadkar, Leo Varadkar can overrule... Well, legally, he can overrule. Tony well, he can legally he overrule, but Leo Varadkar, in my opinion, doesn't have, he doesn't have no, the no. intelligence to... Know no, what's no, going no, on in the no, country because he's not he's no he's not a leader. Oh, right. okay. uh, no, he, he, hang on, hang on a sec. Did you, you ask the question? The question is this: the government can overrule the health. Absolutely, yeah. Want. They just yeah. take advice. They are taking the advice. Tony Holland says, "Do this." The government say, "We'll do." Well, it. Tony Holland has only taken advice too from Neffet. So, yes. yeah. So, yeah. At the end of the day, the government can turn and tell Tony Holland to fuck off. I'd say, right, well, they were not in so many words, yeah, but, no, <laughs> yeah. yeah, but they, they've never overruled them. They've never actually disagreed with no. one decision he's ever made. Well, well there's, a, there's a legal reason, there's an obvious legal reason for that because if Neffet or Tony Holohan, obviously, as their, you know, as the person who relays the, you know, the information and the advice from Neffet, advise, say, for example, that masks must be worn in public places, and the government go against that and say, no, we don't believe that's right. You know, that that shouldn't happen at all. Actually, we're not doing that. And somebody dies, and it's found out that it happened because they weren't wearing a mask. Let's say. Yeah, Theoretically, yeah. you know, but well then you know somebody is open to be sued then in the future because you we didn't un- take the we, advice. We that so that so that's why they kind of they are taking all the advice from Neffet. But take, I think they're taking the the lead from other European countries where they're looking at what they're what's yeah, happening well, in other are, European yeah. countries rather than what's happening in their own backyard. But in ver- in fairness, that's the way you normally do things anyway, isn't it? You, you would look at other countries and the mistakes they're making or the good things they're doing that are working and you'd say, we'll take a bit of that, a bit of that, a bit of that, but we won't yeah, do that. Yeah, but why does it take so long to make that decision? Oh, I don't know. That's that's a whole well, other well, argument. The, the way, I, the way I, I view this is, I think um, this this big um, talk of, it's a bit like saying, the Paddy Day Parade, let's open the country in the 29th, we'll all go out the street and hold hands. It's not going to happen. I think that the damage is done. I think psychologically the damage is made. Yeah, no, I, I wouldn't disagree with you. And I, I think it will take a long time to get that uh, that fear out of people's heads. Let me go to James, another James as well. Say there, Dermot, say there. Okay. D- James, go ahead. Uh, James, how are you doing? I've only got a few minutes. I'm sorry to rush you. But, I mean, okay, do you believe we're moving too fast? No, I think not quickly enough. Not quickly enough? Yeah. Okay, and what would you would you like to see, like, somebody announce tomorrow we're going back to the way we were in February? I don't know about fully open. There definitely needs to be some restrictions. In okay, what restrictions would you like to see? Listed or kept? Well, the res- what restrictions would you like to see kept? Well, obviously the ones around the OAP homes where most of the infections seem to have yeah, taken I place. Yeah, I couldn't disagree. I couldn't agree with you more, yeah. And right. then take it to the fact that the death rate coming to this illness. Let's say the people who are under 45, 50 have a very, very slim chance of dying from this. So... Let's say their social services could be lax. Uh, go, go to 65, so it includes me. Yeah, 65. Yeah. Everyone under 65, your chances of dying from this are very, very, very slim. Yeah. It would be an illness, of course, but it's the OAPs who realistically need to be isolated off. And when I know you, that sounds terrible. Well, it does sound terrible when you say it like that, but I mean, I, I would never isolate anybody. Of course, unless those are in care homes. But if you were an elderly person living at home, I would give you all the advice, all the assistance mm-hmm. and support that you might need if you don't want to go out. But I would mm-hmm. never suggest that you have to stay in. Can I? Yeah, it should be optional because it's a health risk. Yeah, sorry, yeah, good, sorry, go ahead, James. Yeah, I want to ask you, this is, this, is a, this is exactly the scenario I'm trying to get. James, 
in the next mm-hmm. week or 10 days when this is all um, so-called um, opening up the country, are you going to go out and do everything that you did with, say, New Year's Eve or New Year's Day before this thing ever came? Are you going to just boss around in and out of pubs, in and out of shops, like this thing never existed? Or is this going to be in the back of your mind right through to back the index? Yeah, well, we've been socially conditioned extremely ex- socially conditioned through the media and health organisations. No, 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 don't mind that. I'm asking you personally. No, no, he, he has answered you. No, he's answered you by saying he's been socially conditioned. He accepts he's yeah, been socially then, conditioned. Exactly, so he has, exactly so James, do you have, when you're walking around a shop or a supermarket, are you kind of purposely dodging people thinking, I might not get too close, I might get COVID. Are you thinking like that? It's more, no, D, you know, for me, it's not that, it's her reaction. Is she oversensitive to the situation and I get a bad reaction from her? That's, that's, so that's I'm what I'm more like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Reaction on my own, my own safety. I personally, I'm not worried if I get it, to be honest. Yeah. I, I, well, you're, you're a young, know, you're a young man, yeah. so you, you know, so it's a probably little risk. I don't really have that much of a worry in me. Yeah. When it comes to OAPs now, I am more conscious of. So you're more worried about me. You're more worried for me, really. Are you? Oh, the people, <laughs> yeah, yeah. I'm not an OAP, James. I'm just <laughs> no. But then again, if people are over sixty-five, if they have underlying health conditions, have to take these precautions anyway. Yeah. Without the COVID, and I, think I, the COVID I just want to get back to a day where I can come into work and say, Jesus, lads, I'm thinking of coming down with something, a bit of a cold. You know, okay, do you remember I, those days? Yeah, can can I ask you a question, Niall? When, yeah. um, as a matter of interest, when, is, um, when are you authorised uh, as a radio station to hold a road show again in Cork, for instance? We're not. There you go. Yeah, well, we, we won't be able to until the nightclubs open anyway, but even then, you know, we're obviously going to be limited by numbers. And to be honest with you, from a radio station's point of view, I imagine, I can't speak, by the way, for the owners of the radio station, but I would imagine they're going to avoid that risk because if it's our party and we've organised it and something happened and just curiously somebody happened to get COVID-19 and die, we would obviously be somewhat responsible. So I think from that point of view, for the foreseeable future, I can see them, you know, not having the listener parties. Although I'd, I'd like to see them come back very soon. Well, I think, I, think, I, think that, I think the major damage is done. I think we are in, we're in the twilight zone here and we haven't even seen the winter come in and maybe spikes and then maybe a lockdown again. We, we don't know what's two or three months mm. down the road. Would you and agree with that? We're, 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 we're up shit-free without a paddle. Yeah, sorry, would I agree with you, what, Shapes? Um, mass vaccinations, mandatory. No. No, neither would I, but that's... A, I, it, I'm very it? pro-vaccine, by the way, but I would never agree with mandatory vaccination, ever. But do you think they're going to push? I think, I think they are going to push for it, yeah. Uh, but I don't, I wouldn't agree, and I will, even though I am pro-vaccine, and I will be the first one in the queue to get it, if indeed there is a vaccine that I believe, by the way, is safe and successful, um, I, I will be the first in the queue, but I would never, ever advocate for mandatory vaccinations, because I believe there are people out there, for whatever reason, be they stupid, or be they, they have their own genuine reasons who don't want to get them, and they're quite entitled to their, their you know, to make their own decisions. Real people, real opinions, real talk radio. The multi award winning Niall Boylan Show. Classic hits.